2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. Are we starting the podcast now? Oh, we've been on the podcast, my brother. Yo, welcome to the Death Alive podcast. I'm Richard Young, and if you're listening to this sometime in the future, this might not make sense, but it is Valentine's Day weekend 2021, and all of the hype that I've been talking about the last couple weeks with this big rollout, I mentioned it last week is uh, Love Reality is putting out its tour in smaller video form, and it's much more digestible. Not saying that listening to uh, 10 10 one-hour-long sermons isn't digestible, but this is different, and it's awesome, and it's been a huge, 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 huge blessing to me. So uh, if you have questions about this, just go to youarefreefromsin.com. And uh, I think you'll be able to know what to do from there. You are free from sin.com. Uh, if you uh, have questions, you can always hit me up or any, hit anybody on the team up. And um, now this is, this is going to be beautiful and the gospel is going to be preached. So I'm very, very excited about that. I'm also very excited about the podcast today. And uh, two weeks ago, we had Will. Last week, we had Joyce. Today, we have Will and Joyce. And um, I didn't want to step on their story too much on the last couple podcasts, but this is their story. Uh, And there's so much to understand about marriage and um, love. And there's just, it's Valentine's Day weekend. So we're just going to put this on, and I just hope you listen and receive this thing. Um, With that said, let's go. Buckle up. Strap in. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Yo, Richard, are you about to do the podcast? Oh my God, it's the life I was made for. We do it, man.
future on my soul. Yeah, yeah, it's paid for. Oh my God, it's the life I was made for. We do it major. We do it major. Yeah, yeah. Uh, put off the chains, we bounce. Yeah, up for the night, look out. Yeah, God give me life, no cloud. Yeah. Right, like, and those things. So when people are like, "Hey, we guys connecting in the background," there actually was no connection mm-hmm. other than we had a mutual friend in common. But then also it was just, you know, every blue moon or something like, hey, you have a son. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I see that you just competed. In con- congratulations. Those type of like mm-hmm. uh, comments. But it was never a, um, you know, how's your day going? It was. We that, were not friends. That, yeah, we were not, <laughs> we were friends. not friends. All right. Like there was no right. circle of ours other than Jonathan mm-hmm. that we actually had mutual things in common. So, yeah. Right. So, um when did you when when did that end? When did the not being friends take me through that? So we we have to back it up, right? We, we do back it up a little tell bit. Tell me, you tell me this part because um, I don't know where to go with this thing. Okay, yeah. okay. Should I should I go? You go. You start, babe. Okay, I'll start. So, <laughs> um, I knew that in freedom, dating and the idea of dating had just been ruined. That like dating as I knew it just didn't vibe in freedom. Because what I knew dating to be at the time always positioned me in lack. And so I knew that I couldn't do what I had done before my first marriage or what now being a single woman at age 30 and 31, what all my friends were doing around me. So I was like, all right, God, so if that's not the move, um, you know, everyone at that point is telling you. Yeah, yeah. How did it position you in lack? How did, because that's, how did dating in what deception, I don't know what to call it, but <laughs> not freedom. How did that position you in lack from before and you knew that this wasn't the move moving forward? So what I knew of dating and what I had seen around me with my other young adult friends that were dating was you needing to prove or convince someone else that you were either worth being with or that I could meet your needs or them proving to me that they could meet my needs or, you know, showing only certain parts of me, but not the worst parts of me initially so that they could fall for me the best parts, but then not know everything. So everything was kind of a setup to making making it so that it was their responsibility to make me happy or mine to make them happy. Or again, like proving or convincing to them that I was worthy of their affection. Um, it was, you know, playing this game of like, do we, don't we, as far as like, the relationship becoming physical or sexual and like not really knowing, you know, your value. And so, you know, maybe doing more than you're comfortable doing or want to do, um, or someone asking for more than what it was, it was all positioning me in like, I need to do this so that I can have this relationship so that this person can now give me affection or that I can experience intimacy with them. And because they've chosen me, I'm worthy of that now. And so I knew that in freedom, I wasn't that person anymore. And Mm -hmm. so I knew I couldn't go about it, you know, playing the numbers game and dating as many people as possible, continuing to um, put position myself there as a person who was like, hey, let me let me convince you as to why I'm a good idea. I knew I couldn't do that ever again. So so moving forward, I was like, all right, God, if that's not it, then what is it? Because like. I was ready to do this thing just like God and I obviously had just come out of a marriage. Like to me, I was like, I have no business going on and dating, but 
again, I'm 30, I'm 31 years old. My friends are like, no, this is exactly what you should do. You've never dated as, a, as an adult, go out and do that. And I'm like, they just didn't, I, I didn't, it didn't sit well with, with me. Right. It didn't sit well with my spirit. And so I was like, all right, God, it can just be you and I, right? Like, I know that in spirit, I have impenetrable peace and joy and love and all these things. But like, here's the thing, God. And I remember asking even the team, like Jonathan and them, these questions sometimes, like, what do I do when I want affection, when I desire intimacy? What do I do when I feel lonely, right? When I go to weddings and everyone's coupled up and, and I'm not. And God was just like, Joyce, let me be everything you need me to be. Mm. And it was that like second Peter one, three type conversation mm. where I needed to believe and trust like everything I need for this life. Um, I already have through the knowledge of him who's called me right by his like glory and honor, riches. I forget, but it's having, it's that idea that I have everything I need for this life through my knowledge of him. And so I was like, if that's true, then he really can be everything I need him to be. And I wanted to experience that. So it led me into this amazing, romantic, intimate relationship, but with my father in heaven, with my creator, where I let him, you know, teach me what I was created for and where he told me his, his desires for my life and where he told me he desired me and where mm-hmm. he shared with me that I was, I was created perfectly and that I was beautiful and that, and I learned his voice there. And I just, started to understand the depths of his love for me. And, and I felt the butterflies for Jesus for the first Mm. time, like the things that I had sought elsewhere that I just never, I never knew. It was like the search for like, I want to believe this is true that I can experience the butterflies with God. But I like, it was, it seemed so far beyond anything I'd ever heard, but I had so many moments where I was experiencing this really deep intimacy that was just ruining me for any other man, for any man, period. And so um, in that time and in those secret place moments, I'm just like, yeah, God, like you're it, you're every, you're really everything that I need. Um, And so as I understood the depths of his love there, I found contentment. I found that like understanding covenantal love with God Mm -hmm. was changing my understanding completely of what love looked like if and when he chose to bring me together into covenant with someone else. And Mm -hmm. that was imperative and necessary. And I would say that anyone who does not understand that covenantal love with God, I would not advise dating or being or trying to be with a significant other. Um, Because when you don't know what it means to be loved by God, trying to do that with someone else, especially someone who also doesn't know what it means to be loved by God, usually is a recipe for for it being harder than it needs to be. Maybe it's hardship, maybe it's disaster, maybe it's toxic, or maybe it's just harder than it needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Explain that a little bit more. Like if you don't, if you don't have that, understand that covenantal love, what, Mm -hmm. what are the pitfalls? What, what, what's the warning about that? I know you just said a little bit, but. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it shows up in so many ways, Mm -hmm. but a few of the ways that it does would be again, like needing to, to find my affirmation in that relationship or in that person is one of the places like knowing that you not knowing or trusting that you've already been chosen and affirmed by God makes you want to seek that from that person. Right. And so, but when they inevitably Mm -hmm. fail in that they can't be like, they have no power to give you contentment of heart. They don't have the ability to, and only God does. And so 
if you put that on them so that now my joy is contingent upon how good that relationship is, it's, it's, it's disaster. It's painful. It hurts. There's a lot of like discontent and Mm -hmm. a lot of tears. And so um, that's just one of the ways, but it'll, I mean, maybe, you know, it'll show up in so many ways. Well, yeah. Like, well, I will say if I can just go back to my marriage was how it showed up was because I didn't know who I was then. And that contentment within God, it showed up as keep a record of wrong, right? It, it, It showed up that way where you did something that I didn't necessarily like. I kept score. I kept it in the back of my head. And while I may not have addressed it then, like when it came time to address something or like we did have an argument or something like it came spewing out all of that. And so you harbored all of that. And, and so what it looks like to be not in a covenantial contentment type relationship with God is all the things that we weren't designed to experience in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, All the hardships, all of the difficulty, like, I mean, yes, there is worldly difficulty that we do experience in this world. Like we aren't, we aren't not promised like an easy life. We get that, but we do have the peace of God. We do have the peace of the Holy Spirit. We have that as a fruit. So if that's one of the fruits that we then have, why can't we have that within a relationship? Why isn't there peace in a lot Mm -hmm. of our Christian relationships that we have? And, and I'm not, I'm not dogging anyone. I'm not saying that I was just, I will say for me as a professed Christian, I didn't have peace in my marriage Mm -hmm. and it was because I didn't know who I was within Christ. I didn't have contentment within him. So it shows up in a lot of different ways, but I can say, at least for me in my marriage, how I did it, I kept record of wrong. Mm -hmm. I kept, I kept a tab. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's important stuff. All right. I don't know where, where you were, but I cut you off. Do you know? No, no, that's, that's where I was. That's where I was pre- the will, the arrow of will. Yeah. So now you can go ahead and talk about where you were. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, before we even met up, so we met in Portland, but before we even met up, so kind of like where we left off at my story was that like, um, before I was really walking in freedom. Yeah. I mean, I did the same thing as well. You know, I was out there trying to, um, date as well and trying to, I guess, get back out there. Cause yeah, I didn't a date in my adult years. Um, those that, are all no weird, like, like, because there's this stigma, especially in the Adventist church, of a divorced person. How were you able to handle that? Because there's, it's not just, it's not like we're in the world and there's just a, a divorced person. Oh, yeah, there's the, that weight from the Adventism or whatever. I don't know how to describe it. How did, mm-hmm. how did you go about dealing with that in your freedom? I'm gonna just I mean, that. I, so <laughs> the real is that I was at that moment, like living in LA, far away from my Adventist community, very far from them. And so I was, I was not, I didn't feel the pressure of like, well, now you're a divorced woman, be careful. Or like, this is how you should date type thing. I wasn't like, I was on the opposite side of that. I was among, you know, 20, to 40 something year olds who called my first marriage, my starter marriage. Like that's how they saw it. And so they were, that's why it was so easy for them to be like, all right, get back out there, like figure it out, go date, you know? Um, So I didn't feel that, that pressure at all (laughs) as far as, yeah, from a church community or anything like that. Mm -mm. Yeah. And for me, I would have said like, I mean, I do have kids, so I wasn't trying to be out there being stupid. Um, But at the same time, I was, 
I was not trying to be all in the uh, SDA bubble with, you know, I didn't want to make the gossip news. So <laughs> like, yeah, it's so different. You were straight up in the Adventist ghetto and I was as far from it as yeah, possible. So, yeah. I mean, it is Adventist Central down here. But yeah, so, I mean, for the most part, like, I mean, I kind of steered and stayed away from that whole scene, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was actually, to tell you the truth, it was, um, yeah, it was eye opening because, again, I mean, I was 24 when I got married. So, same. yeah. So, I mean, it's just, same. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's the magic age. Right? We're all in the club. It's the Adventist age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. But then, like, you know, you know, the, the young people have so many, I don't know, Bumble and what's mm-hmm. the other? Hinge. And Tinder. I was like, listen, like I had a friend at work. Um, she was like, listen, you should sign up on Tinder and you should let me see the girls and I can swipe right and swipe left, which ones are good for you. I was like, Mercy. Yeah. like no, Mercy. this is not a thing. <laughs> like it was just a game. But, but that was kind of the weird thing of like, oh, I need to put myself back out there. And so I wasn't necessarily walking in freedom just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was still that identity crisis of, of not knowing who I was. And so in trying to date, I'm now doing exactly what Joy said. I'm trying to put my best foot forward, right? Mm-hmm. So like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm divorced. I got a couple of kids, but I ain't going to necessarily tell you right now I'm living at home <laughs> with my parents, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're going to leave that one out. We're going to hide first that, day. right? Yeah. Right? That, that ain't the first date type drop. <laughs> right? you, don't, you don't play that record <laughs> at the club, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> So that was the thing that I was doing. You know, you just kind of um, you, you're putting yourself out there, but you're just kind of hiding bits and pieces of yourself in order to be approved and accepted. Um, so, yeah, I did that for a couple months, a few months or so. Um, but it wasn't until really um, I got to the end of myself and that end of the uh, the podcast that we did. When I got to the end of myself, when I told you the weight fell off, the weight fell off. Mm-hmm. But the father was still growing me. Mm-hmm. There were some things he was still growing me in and contentment was one of them to tell you the truth. Perfect. Contentment was the thing that he was actually growing in. So to kind of get to this part of the story. So where we left off, Rich, you and I was like early in the summer, John was like, yo, come up to Portland, come play drums with me. We're going to be doing LRT at PVC. Um, and just come out there, play music with me. And before I got to Portland, I actually, I got free, that weight fell off and I was good. Like, I was like, yo, I, it's me and God. Um, I'm out there. Uh, we're doing the whole music thing. Christian and I, um, and Bald Eagle and I, we're, we're on, <laughs> we're on the, on the stage. We're doing music. John is preaching. The whole squad is out there. It wasn't until later in the week is when I actually saw Joyce for the first time mm-hmm. since 2000 right. and. 11, 12, so like eight years. Right. Yeah. And I didn't even know that she was going to be there until maybe a week before. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you know she know, was divorced? Did you know anything about her story? I knew she was divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I mean, this is See what the ha- pictures disappear on Instagram. <laughs> this is, <laughs> listen, I'm telling you, this is the clear sign that there's trouble in the home. All right. <laughs> This is what happens oh on Instagram or on Facebook. If you will notice, like you still may have a picture or two of your old significant other, but it'll be a dated picture from maybe <laughs> two years or three years ago. Right. right and right, so right. like, oh, there's not been an updated picture since 2017. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. And then like all the recent pictures are 
pictures of friends yeah, or like, it. right? Mm-hmm. Or there's a ton of selfies, right? Mm-hmm. That's the clear <laughs> indicator that like something yeah. is not right in the home. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You you archive them for a while and then eventually you delete them. Right. But yeah, <laughs> so, they just disappear. All right. Like, uh, so I'll be, I'm, and I'm not making fun of that, no. but that was just something that like I knew that Sorry. I did. Yeah. And, um, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, because I was doing it actually on my profile, I remember several people reaching out to me like, hey, just kind of want to know, is everything okay? <laughs> right? That's a clear the indicator. Self, the, health, the selfies come up and people are like, brother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is you doing? Right. What are you doing, baby? <laughs> Put a picture of his kid at least, please. Right. He had a lot of pictures of his kids. That's it. So I had a lot of pictures of my kids and myself. Like, that was it. But it was no pictures of my um, ex-wife. Um, and so that was actually kind of the same thing that I noticed mm-hmm. on Joyce's profile. And I think she noticed it on my profile as mm-hmm. well. But, um, I think you even asked Jonathan one time, like, Hey, like, Oh, I did. Yeah. Cause I had gotten, I went to my first LRT, like a good eight or nine months before the yeah. one mm-hmm. that we're about to talk about right now. So on that one, I remember, yeah. Cause I knew that they were boys. Um, they had gone to school together. And so I had asked him like, Hey, like, are they divorced? Are they okay? Like, or I had heard recently, I think at that point, I mean, I had heard a couple months before I'd not think about it, that they were not together anymore. And so I just asked mm-hmm. Jonathan, like, you know, is he doing okay? Like, do you know what happened? All the curiosities. Cause I didn't really know him. So, right, but right. I had known him, I'd known them as a couple. And so it was like, Oh my gosh, they're kids are so beautiful. This is so sad. Like, I hate that that happened to them. But also I was in the middle of going through that. So I'd asked him like, Hey, if he knew anything about what had gone wrong. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, that's kind of the background setup into Mm -hmm. when we get to Portland. So, um, so I knew she was going to get there later in the week. Um, mm-hmm. cause John was like, oh yeah, and Joyce is going to come and give her testimony, but I've never heard her testimony. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anything about, um, what happened in her life and how God has transformed her. So, um, yeah, so it was midweek actually to tell you the truth when she got with Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. when'd you get there? Thursday. Got there Thursday. Listen, <laughs> my elder brain is no, not I as just, sharp I as my young wife. I okay? just think it's really cute that you want to point out that detail. I'm just it's saying. adorable. All right. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm like you, Will. Don't don't let it phase yeah. you. I'm like you. I want all the details. All, right, all the details. <laughs> um, and she shares her testimony that night. Mm-hmm. And as she's sharing her testimony, dude, I'm dumbfounded. First of all, the only thing I knew of Joyce was what I remember from Southern. She was this, you know, lively, outgoing choir director who everybody liked. She was very personable. Um, for all in. Tints and purposes, a goody two shoes, right? <laughs> right, just you know, I, I didn't know where you were going with that. Like, just like, but <laughs> I, like, I, like, she's a rule follower, she's a mm-hmm. rule, fo- like, that's what I just knew mm-hmm. of Joyce. And so, um, as she's sharing her testimony and her transformation from death to life, you mm-hmm. hear this story where it's like, man, wait a minute, there are some details in this story that I don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing with two people or mm-hmm. one person. Mm-hmm. She's on stage in front of a couple hundred people with cameras rolling, no less, mm-hmm. or telling this testimony and admitting of, 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 I guess, wrongdoing, where most people will look at her and be like, what in the world are you doing? Like, you don't mm-hmm. tell people that type of stuff. Right. And she's sitting there with 
boldness and confidence and just like, like, and I remember this line too. She's like, you know, God didn't heal my marriage, didn't restore my marriage, but that's okay. Mm. It's like the, the, the miracle that happened, like, it's like everything that I need, I found in him. That was the miracle. Mm-hmm. Not in a restored marriage. Yeah. It was like everything that I actually ever needed was in him. And I was like, to use your line, Rich, mercy. Right? <laughs> That's mercy. And so I remember that was the, the thing that I was like, man, that is that is crazy. Like to see her transformation. Um, and you know it's a transformation because she she shares this with such boldness, not like, hey, look what I did. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I want you to know what God actually yeah. did for what me. God did. Like yeah. how he healed me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah so I guess we'll just keep following the same phases of the. Yeah. So that <laughs> was Thursday. Down. That was Thursday. So this was my Thursday. Mm. So like you said, a few days earlier, he was like, are you going to Portland? I'm going to Portland. And I was like, that's crazy. Cause at the time I didn't know he was free. So I'm thinking like Jonathan's bringing him out to try to like get him free. Right. So that he can understand him. who he is. I'm like, Oh, Will's coming. Great. We're going to get Will free. Um, a little did I know he already was. Mm-hmm. So we get there and I knew that I was looking forward to seeing him as like a buddy from back in the day that mm. I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, same. Um, and I was like, cool, I'm excited about that. Um, I got there one night. I didn't see anybody. I woke up the next day. I got ready, whatever. As I'm getting ready to go out, because the guy said just come to pick us up in some big van. And he, I knew he was going to be down there. Literally, as I'm walking out the door, as I'm walking on the stairs, Spirit talks to me. And he mm. goes, I need you this weekend to just watch Will. Like, mm-hmm. just... Turn your eyes on him a little bit. Just watch him throughout the weekend. Like, that's it. And I'm like, all right, cool. I didn't know why he was asking me to do that. I just, you know, knew that it was important that I should. So I was like, all right, I will do that. (laughs) Um, I haven't seen him in forever. I don't really know much about him, but I can do that. And so I walked on the stairs. I say hi to my old friend, Will. We hug. It's cool. We go about our Thursday. And then, yeah, that night I share my testimony and but even from early in the day, I'm doing what I have been told to do. I'm watching Will. And mm. so, and for the next three days or so, that's also what I'm doing. As we're ministering to people, um, as we're sharing, as we're doing gospel things, every now and again, something that he does will catch my eye. And I'll be like, okay, spirit, I'm pretty sure that's what you're wanting me to watch. Um, and what I was watching throughout the weekend was how he loves on people, mm. how he shares the gospel. Um, just runs at them with the gospel, um, how he was uh, kind and giving a selfless and, and helping the little kids running around. And just his his love towards others was very, very familiar to me. And that's what I was picking up on the most. I was like, God, like, I don't know this dude barely like from Adam, but it feels like I do know him. Like, it feels like I know his love. It feels like I know his heart. And what I didn't know at the time, but as we went on later realized was that like I was noticing the heart of the father in him. And Mm. because I had spent that whole time letting God love on me and like teach me what love is and what it looks like when someone has his heart. Once I saw that same heart and will, I was like, that's why he's so familiar to me. Like that's how God Mm. loves on me is how he loves on other people. And I was like, all right, spirit, I see what you're doing here. Like, that's cool. Like that you're showing me, you know, what it means to have like the initial stages of that singleness of heart understanding that we eventually came to like know that we share it too. And so I saw that throughout the week or the weekend, but on Friday, I think right in the middle of our time there, we actually both had conversations with one of our girls 
Um, her name is Jayla. <laughs> and so Jayla is awesome and super free and has been walking in the spirit since he was like two. And so whenever she says something to me, I listen to every word that comes out of her mouth. Yeah. I hang on every word. So one night we were there. Um, she was like, what do you think about Will? <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, he seems cool. He's free. That's awesome. I'm happy for him. I don't really know him super well, but he seems dope. And then she was like, you should pray about it. She's like, because you're both free and you're both single, go ask your daddy about it. And I'm like, I mean, Jayla said it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'll pray about it. And then she goes, and I'm going to ask Will to do the same. And I was like, oh, no, no, please don't do that. <laughs> you don't need to ask him to pray about it. It's fine. It's fine. I'll do it. I'll do it for the both of us. She's like, no, I'm going to ask him. So so I pray that night. <laughs> um, and I'm like, all right, God, I don't really know exactly what I'm praying for, except that let me just present to you this name, Will, that was actually already presented to me earlier um, when I first got there. Mm-hmm. And what I heard from Spirit was, Will is a good thing. Will is a mm-hmm. good thing. But be still, mm. which God and I knew we had an agreement already that that was the way I was going to go ahead and live the rest of my life because I had spent the first 30 years of my life doing the opposite of that and mm. being the pursuer in mm. most of my relationships. And so he was like, now you're going to be still about all of this. Like, and I didn't know anything that anything would come of it. Like for the most part, up until a pivotal moment that will come later, I'm just like, Will is, he's my bro. Like he's my brother in Christ. Like he's super free. So when God said he's a good thing, and I'm like, I don't know exactly what that means just yet, but I'll trust that the second thing he said, be still. So just like, don't even don't like, in essence, God was telling me, don't even allow your thoughts to go any further than this. Don't romanticize this relationship. Don't um, pursue don't, nothing that you used to do when, whenever we talked about any men in your life. Just be still about it. But I do want you to know he's a good thing. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to then get back on the side of where Jayla was like, hey, I'm going to tell Will too to go do it. <laughs> so Jayla does tell me the same exact thing. She's like, hey, um, what do you think about Joyce? I was like, I, like, I hadn't seen her since like 2011. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, he's like, well, what'd your daddy say? You know, Jayla. Mm-hmm. Jay, I mean, he's like, what'd I your daddy say? I was like, I, <laughs> I was like, I have not asked him yet. She's like, okay, go pray about it. <laughs> so, Amy, I was like, fine. All right, cool. I'll, I'll go pray about it. So that Friday night, actually, like before I actually, I laid my head down um, to just spend a little time with God and just... Um, talking about the day, talking about what we did that evening with LRT because it was super powerful. Um, <clears throat> I was like, God, what do you think about Joe? And I didn't even get the last syllables of like mm. East out of like Joy. Like I didn't get the Ois out. All right. I was like, what do you think about Joyce? And he goes, be still. And I'm like, okay. And then there was a follow-up question. I was like, um, well, it was actually, then, he's, then he followed up with, with another thing he said, until Jayla, yes and amen. So I was like, all right, cool, bet. So I go to sleep, wake up the next morning, Saturday morning, we were at church, we're doing our thing, and I run into Jayla. I was like, hey, talk to God, prayed about it. He told me to be still. Um, and he told me to tell you yes and amen. Anything you want to <laughs> add? She's like, okay. And she just walks off, right? Classic Jayla, she just walks off. Um, she, she was crazy. <laughs> Yeah. She she never brings it up again. Never. It was like she had gone on assignment and it was done. She well, we talked about it one more time in the car on the way to lunch, only because she was like, So I told Will, and you ended up telling her that. So she was like, Do you want to know what he said? And I'm like, Yeah, sure. And she told me what he had heard in his prayer. 
he didn't know that until know. like weeks yeah, later yeah. that I knew what he had heard from the spirit, but I knew. Uh, and then she told me like, that was it. Jill and I never talked about it again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, she had done what she had been asked to do. She didn't call us in Texas and <laughs> say nothing else. Um, so, but that was a word that we both got was word to be still. And so we end up um, leaving Portland on Sunday. We all go back mm-hmm. to our respective places, but we're like, Hey, let's all keep in contact. And so mm-hmm. we all exchange numbers the whole entire squad and we're keeping in contact. But I was like, yo, Joyce, yo, tell me more of your story. Like, I, I want to know what happened um, and just what did God necessarily do for you? Like, I, I got to hear more of the story. So, um, mm-hmm. so we exchanged numbers. And as um, um, I'm like, hey, we'll text each other or we'll call each mm-hmm. other. Um, and there's a three hour time difference. And so like, <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Because like, she was in L.A. I'm still here in Orlando. I'm getting off of work at eight or seven sometimes. Right. And so yeah. so the time the time zones was a little off. But um, we um, we committed to like, hey, listen, this Friday, like I don't work. She's like, I don't work. I'm like, cool. I'm usually off on Fridays. I don't you know, have much going on. So like hit me up Friday. Um, I said, I'll hit you up Friday. And then like I want to hear your entire story. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, I did that. And so we would call each other, um, on Friday nights, you know, bring in Sabbath, just chill for a little bit, call each other. And I'm like, tell me a story. And she would tell Mm -hmm. me this amazing testimony of what God did in her life, but then also what God was doing in her life currently of how she would be in her break room and there would be another coworker crying. And all of a sudden she's ministering to them. She's giving them gospel. Mm Um, and they all from what I understand, they all knew what she had gone through. Like her, mm-hmm. her coworkers knew that she went through this, this messy thing in her life and like saw her at her lowest and seeing this woman who has now been redeemed and transformed. Mm-hmm. They're like, yo, what are you on and how can mm-hmm. I get this? And so I'm hearing these stories of how she's just being a light in where she works and where she goes. And I'm like, man, this is incredible. Um, I'm doing the same. I'm telling her mm-hmm. stories of how like I'll be at the, the coffee shop and I'm talking to the barista and all of a sudden, just gospel just starts to happen. And it will be these moments of where both of us will experience this really, I'm calling it odd, but it's, it's straight spirit. Mm-hmm. This really odd thing where both of us would say something, but we've never told each other this thing, but or even admitted to it. But I would be like, uh, Joyce, mm, X, Y, Z. And she's like, wait, what do you say? I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. I don't know, X, Y, Z. She's like, I actually have that written down on my mirror verbatim. Like, how did you know that? I'm like, I don't know. Spirit, I'm just talking. <laughs> she would do the same. I'm like, huh? how did you know that? Like, I've, I've not revealed that. And so these moments were happening like over. All the time. All the time. We'd be on the phone. Now, there's like a four week um, time period frame. of time, right. time frame between Portland and then when the big reveal happened for the right. both of us. And during these four weeks, I think we got on the phone like three times. Mm-hmm. And then we were texting, you know, every so often. But we'd be on the phone for like three or four hours because we could not stop talking about the faithfulness of God. Yeah. It was just like, and we'd be wrecked. I mean, again, this is someone that I barely knew. We were not getting to know each other as potential mates. There right. was no flirtation. There was no, he not once addressed my appearance. It, it was, there was no, there was no part of it that, that felt like anyone was pursuing anything. It was just like complete. Right. God mm-hmm. is amazing. How did he move through you this week? Where did you like, who did you get to share the gospel with? Who did you testify to? 
um, and just over and over again. And so when you have these like really awesome moments where we're just celebrating the goodness of God, Mm -hmm. and then on top of that, we're experiencing these agreements over and over again. So like we're just wrecked all the time. So this guy I haven't seen in eight years, I'm just like bawling on the phone with him on Mm -hmm. the regular because the one who like moves in us was like taking us to this depth of intimacy, even with each other, but without it being we want this to happen because I'm lonely or mm-hmm. we want this to happen because I really hope that one day you'll be my boyfriend or my spouse. And it was just like, man, this is good. And and I'm experiencing this thing with, with God where I'm like checking in every now and again, where I'm like this, whatever's going on with my brother Will right now is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think it's awesome that I can have this type of relationship with my brothers in Christ and God, like if this is all that is, and you're just showing me, you know, glimpses of what it looks like to be like united in Christ, all of us and be like threaded together in that way. Then I love this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I love that. If one day he ends up being something else, then cool. Right. But I love what is happening right now because I'm just completely content with you. But also being able to like share that love with each other was just so dope. So these agreements kept happening over right. and over again. Like anytime it would happen, we'd be like agreement. Like every yeah. time, every moment it happened, I don't, we drop like 45 agreements. Like, like an hour. Yeah. Like agreement. Agreement. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, how did you know that? I don't know. Agreement. <laughs> That's how it happened. That's agreement. But those, yeah. exactly. That's agreement. <laughs> but those numerous, those numerous agreements for me, what happened was I'm like, okay, whatever is happening here. Like I'm going to go back to God and see what is happening. Cause I don't, I don't know. There's just tons of agreement here. Mm-hmm. So I actually go back to God. I'm like, all right, God, all this agreement is happening. What do you think about Joyce? And this is the second time around. He was like, be still. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> be still like clear as day. Be still. So what was happening for me and to be honest with you, Rich, like I hadn't come to the conclusion yet of like, like being, uh, I guess, just completely content without another person in my life. Like I hadn't, I hadn't reached that point until he told me to be still the second time. Like I knew it was me and God, but like after the second be still, this is where he had my heart. I was like, yo, Mm -hmm. if I never have the opportunity to get remarried or have another relationship ever again, I'm good Mm -hmm. because whenever I speak to God, he talks back. Mm -hmm. Like the God of the universe actually talks back to me. So if he's telling me to be still, man, like that is the most beautiful words I've ever received. And so as that was happening for me, like he was totally, totally capturing my heart to where like, oh, okay, cool. I trust you, bro. Mm -hmm. Like I absolutely trust you. And let's, let's rock this thing out. Just you and I, like Joyce and I may never, ever be a thing, but cool. Be still. Let's walk this thing out. You and I. And so that, again, you know, how that weight fell off, there was no pressure. Yeah, like, I didn't have right. any pressure to go p- pursue Joyce. I didn't have any pressure to to try to put myself out there and try to give the best of me. And hopefully, nope, God already saw who I was and he liked me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to do anything else. And that was it. So that was that was kind of where we were until... A month later? Yeah, so four <laughs> weeks later, from November 15 to December 15, um, <laughs> I am at like a friend's miss sleepover situation with my girlfriends, and um, we're up late. This is up late. 
And so I can sleep. Where, <laughs> I, can I think sleep. I posted a picture of like the Hollywood sign because you could see it from the apartment where we were staying. And he, you know, sends me a DM about it. So we talked for just a little bit that night. Um, the girls see me smiling. Like, who are you talking to? You know, <laughs> girls are. All right, pause. <laughs> it went a little bit because it was like a two hour like text back and forth. I ain't gonna lie, bro, Rich. Like it was, it was, how it was. Uh, I'll, I'll have to go back and look at it. But it was at least a solid like two hour oh, back yeah, and forth, probably. right? So yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. text for a little bit. No, bro, it was about two hours. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks, babe. Okay. But yeah, the girls are like, you know, who are you smiling at? Who is this? So I give them a little snippet. And I had, at this point, I had already even talked to my family about Will, but it was within a testimony. It was like for mm. Thanksgiving. And I I think I had sent him where he had sent me just a really long passage from the Bible. And my niece had seen it and was like, who are you texting, Dee Joyce? And so she had told her mom, which is my sister. And so, so this Thanksgiving was significant because the Thanksgiving before was like right after my had left. And so I was like this disheveled, destroyed version of me. So fast forward to the next one. And I am a completely different creation, right? I'm completely different. I'm testifying of what God had done in my life. And then because my niece had brought that up, I was like, hey, like there is this, this person, this man who I'm thoroughly enjoying, like just journeying through life with right but if he never becomes anything more than just what he is right now which is my brother like i love that because i'm learning so much about what like i'm being affirmed in how god has transformed my heart and my life and that i no longer need my relationships with men to mean anything more than just like we love each other because god loved us Mm -hmm. and so um, I shared that with them. And so I shared the same thing with my friends. So it became this really cool opportunity to like tell them what God had done in my life. And these are friends that had been there with me in LA when my family was not able to be there with me physically. So they had also seen both versions of me and just to be able to celebrate even that moment with them. Like, I don't like, this is just my friend and he may be my friend forever. And that's perfectly fine with me. Um, but then <laughs> the next morning. Yeah. So, well, Back it up just well, it's still this because it's morning for me. It's like That's three o'clock in the morning, morning, right? <laughs> um, but in that text conversation, it was just like just and it was just very just just friendship. It wasn't nothing like, you know, hey, you know, what you got on. That wasn't that was not a thing. <laughs> it's not, it was not even close to even <laughs> being a thing. Um, yeah, because yeah. God has gotten us to a place of right. God had gotten <laughs> us to a place of contentment and just being completely fine with him. And so um it was just like, Hey, how was your day with the kids? Went to church, like, hey, how was your day with the kids? And as I'm getting ready to respond, the Holy Spirit was like, yo, that's not her question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean, Holy Spirit? And so <laughs> um, so I was like, hey, you know, the day with the kids was great. It was fantastic. Um, but that wasn't your question. And she was like, you're correct. Um, that question is better left in person. Mm-hmm. And and this is what was happening in the background. The, the, the Holy Spirit was actually was like, all right, I'm ready to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to get ready. Yeah. And so... Um, that had me ponder. I was like, okay, well, Holy Spirit, what was the question? He didn't tell me, but I wake up the next morning and I I promise you, he was like, Will, text Joyce, go and ask her to come and ask me, what is your heart's desire? And I'm like, wait, what? Huh? (laughs) He was like, go and ask her. Spirit is wild. Like that dude is real wild. Go ask her to come and ask me, what is your heart desire? And I'm like, uh, okay. okay. So I was I'm like, people negative in there. You're, <laughs> <asking, laughs> yeah. you're going to ask her 
to ask mm-hmm. you what you want from your heart. Yeah. So, so my my assignment was yeah to go to my father in secrets mm-hmm. and ask him what are the desires of William's heart, right? Mm-hmm. And so sure. when I first heard it, my my first instinct was to be like asking for clarification because like I don't same thing. He's just like I don't know what he means by this. Like <laughs> what does that mean? My desire, your desire, and your desire for what specifically? Like I'm not sure for life, your career, a woman. Like I just didn't know, but I also believed that if especially we had experienced so much agreement and again Mm -hmm. we were understanding this whole singleness of heart thing so i'm like if spirit asked him then i trust that the spirit will reveal the answer to me Mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna doubt that the spirit and him talk to him so um so i was like all right cool (laughs) i had to work that day was a sunday so i went to, to my job at the gym i worked and i was like i'm gonna talk to my daddy later bye see you later um and, and bro that, like my my stomach is churning because i was like <laughs> what did i just do <laughs> and here i'm like i have no idea what the answer to this not even a preliminary idea as to what the answer to this question is no i'm like god i trust that you will reveal the answers to me because i don't know them and so you, yeah. fast forward the desires of your heart by <laughs> like so well We'll get there because because this is something that God was actually showing both of us, like like really showing both of us. But um, but yeah, like so, but like so, she's at work that day. Um, actually, I was playing drums for church, and I'm on the drums that day, all nervous. I was like, "What am I? What did I just do? Lord, you are good and your mercy." Like I didn't know what I just did. Right? Like Holy Spirit had me out on a ledge, and um, it was it wasn't until maybe almost like 10 o'clock my time, mm-hmm. Eastern time yeah. when she actually responded because she had worked all day. Yeah. And she uh, sent me a text. She was like, hey, are you still awake? Um, I talked to my daddy and he told me some things. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So let me call her. And she's like, no, 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 no. no. Don't, don't I'm going to text you. Don't call me. <laughs> don't I was call. like, I don't want to ask me to like read it or recite it. So I was like, I'm going to just text it to you. Because what I had said earlier in the day um, I love the beach and I was living really close to it at the time. And so, and so often I'd had my secret place moments with God out there. So I was like, I'm gonna take it out there. So I went out in the sand, you know, I met God there and I prayed about it. And I was like, all right, Lord, like this has to be you. Cause I don't know this dude very well. I don't even know his favorite color. Like this has to be you. Mm-hmm. And so I opened up the Bible. I don't even remember where I went, but as I'm reading, these thoughts are coming to mind. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is a desire from Mozart. This is what he wants from this life. Um, this is how he, you know, how God is going to use him as far as sharing the gospel is concerned. Like all these things just about like the things that he wants for other people, mostly around the realm of like the gospel, like this is what he wants for others. And this is how God is going to use him for it. Mm-hmm. So these are the desires from his heart. But also God is like, well, he also wants this from a wife. And I'm like, okay, I can't, Will didn't ask me that. Like, I can't be like, can I be that bold to then now ask God, okay, what are the desires of his heart for a spouse? Like, that was crazy to me. But then I had like seven or eight different things that spirit was just like, and he wants this and he wants this. And I'm jotting all this down. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, I don't know these things to be true, but even more so that's like, it has to be you because I don't, I have no way of confirming these things right now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I left the beach and I went home and that's when I, I was like, no, I'm not going to call you yet. (laughs) I'm going to text you these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 
He read them. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. And How did you feel me? when you pressed that button when it was gone? Like, what? Oh it's my gosh! Face? I was freaking out. <laughs> like the text of in space traveling across the country, and you're just like. Oh. Yeah, I mean, my heart was beating pretty fast for sure. I was hot. My heart was beating fast. I, I really, I, I was. It was this awesome space of like, God, I trust you so much, and I trust the world's heart. So I knew, like, even if I'm wrong, like he's not gonna make fun of me. Like he (laughs) might just be like, this is right, this is wrong. (laughs) 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 So I'm just like, um, I yeah, I just, I really, I really trust. That was between the spirit and I. I really trusted the spirit in that Mm -hmm. moment. I was like, he's not gonna play me. I didn't come up with these things on my own. It was all him, so I was nervous, but also yeah. excited mm-hmm. <laughs> to see what actually would happen next. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so I then get the text, right? Um, and I mean, I'll read a little bit of it. Oh, you still have it? I still got it, boo. Come on now, this is gonna be my phone for Alice. Um, like, no, I deleted it after you sent it. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I still have, I have multiple copies of it. I just didn't know that he had it like pulled up. I got it right here. <laughs> um, but but uh, so this is this is what she wrote to me. She's like, "All right, um, so I had an awesome time with the father. I brought so many questions to him, and he heard me and answered them all. My heart uh, began to beat really fast the whole time as he answered each one. And then I started to write. Um, I asked him, "What does will desire?" His response, will desires, pause. So, Rich, <laughs> you remember where you and I, we left off? <laughs> I do remember, yeah. Where, all right. So, when I had gotten free, my prayer was, God, give me a heart like David, a heart that then seeks after you. Yes, sir. That was my prayer, and that's where God met me. Mm-hmm. I ain't tell her that. I've not told anyone that. Number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will's desires to be a man after my heart, like David, Uh-oh. a man who is ready to be inconvenienced and to extend grace and kindness, a man whose love for others is rooted in the cross and flows out of the good news of the gospel. Rich, I'm like, what, <laughs> what just happened here? All right. Um, and then she starts to read all of my mail, like every, <laughs> like every last bit of mail that I had, like prayers that I've had and things that I had in secret, but I've never told anybody. Right. Um, number two, to make his life about people. He will grab hold of this truth and run, not walk in the direction of anyone who needs to hear it and experience that transformation power. Number three, to go into spiritual warfare, already having the already having won the battle of belief in the secret place of his heart, his obedience motivated by God's love for him. Number four, yeah. to build and expand God's kingdom not his own, as time reveals an even bigger picture of God's faithfulness towards him. Um, and she's like, <laughs> also, I took it upon myself to ask God what you desire in a woman Yikes. that if God, if he so chooses, he will <laughs> bless you with. So again, pause. I've never told anybody this. Like I've never expressed this to, to Joyce or anyone else. Mm-mm. But Rich, I was like, yo, God, and this is after, you know, he got me to that place of contentment. I was like, you know what? If I ever get blessed with another spouse, I mm-hmm. want her to love you more than she would actually love me. Mercy. Mm-hmm. Is that a deal? Bet. So <laughs> he's like, and I asked God, this is what he said. Will desires in a woman 
who loves God more than she loves him. (laughs) She will find her joy, satisfaction, and peace in God. She'll know that because she's in Jesus, she has everything she needs to thrive and grow. Uh, Two, someone who will fulfill the entirety of the law and keeping that commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. A woman who knows that plans work or they don't. So she simply commits to love because that always works. Mercy. Someone, number three, someone who, if he forgets who he is, where he stands in God's eyes, she'll remind him. Together, they'll love others with freedom and power because their identity is rooted in his love. Number four, a relationship where through their stories and testimonies inspire each other to a faith that is deeper and stronger than than what they have previously known. Five, someone who sees your heart fully knows you and loves you and your kids deeply, just like God. Six, someone who understands that love the second time around means something entirely different now that she knows God's never ending love for her. Her love for Will is irrevocable, unconditional, and incomprehensible, just like his. Mm. And finally, to be with someone he can live healed, forgiven, loved, and free with, and then together teach others how to live and walk that out every single day. (laughs) But by the time I got to the end of it, I'm in tears. I'm (laughs) just, I'm weeping. Like I'm bawling, like just like I was when I got the word that, yo, you free. And as I get to the end of that, I hear from the Holy Spirit. He's like, that's your girl. What? I was like, huh? That's your girl. So I call her up and I was like, Joyce, <laughs> like I'm bawling. She's like bawling. Yeah, and she's level. She's, she's like, yeah. she's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I love you. <laughs> you told her you loved her? Yeah. Bro. Like straight up. And I was like, I, I love, love you. And she's like, yeah, I know. I love you too. And it was so simple, but it was so free Mm -hmm. simply because of how the father had already loved us and then gave us this beautiful, like, experience. Like, the Holy Spirit the entire time was guiding us into contentment, but then was showing us and wooing us into a relationship with him mm-hmm. and then show us and showed us that experience within him so that we completely trusted in him. Mm-hmm. Like the Holy spirit had me trusting him completely about this wow. so that when I'm like, Hey, I love you. It wasn't because I love you and I need you to love me back. Mm-hmm. It was because the Holy spirit was telling me, this is who I want you to love. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to love on her. Like you got everything you need from me. Now go love. Like everything that you need from me, you got. Now go love. And I want you to love on her. And so me telling her I love you was the easiest thing ever. Mm -hmm. It wasn't weird. It wasn't like I didn't feel as if I was putting myself out there. Like I was more nervous about the text than I was even saying I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so... For you on your end. I mean, it was, it was so dope. Like, so sorry. I cry when he reads that because I just, the fact that like God loved us so much to speak to me like that about the things that were on your heart and then the things that you didn't even know were on your heart. is just mm-hmm. like, 
it just moves me every time that like he he allowed me to prophesy over our lives Mm -hmm. and like thinking now we're a year and some change away from that moment and like it happened like he did that thing but it was awesome the way it happened because it was like the holy spirit turned our gaze towards each other like we were just so complete (laughs) ridiculously righteous like complete whole and just everything we needed in christ and then he was like all right cool now turn your head and look at Will and like, we'll turn your head and look at Joyce now. And so he stirred this thing up in us. And then when he did that thing, he unleashed this depth of romance and intimacy. I had never known just with God at that point. But then what happened there from that moment forward was continuously God was loving on me through Will daily. Like it was to the point I used to tell people this all the time because it was blowing my mind. Will would speak to me and I would hear God talking to me. It was like coming from his lips, but I just knew it was God talking to his daughter. And he would touch me and it felt like God was reminding me of how he had, you know, knit me together in my mother's womb. It was like all the interactions we were having, Mm -hmm. it was just like God reinforcing like, I love you, Joyce, and I created you and Mm. showing me this is how much I love you. I could not separate the two. Like the the covenant that we were getting ready to enter in was mirroring the covenant I had with God to an extent where I could I could not separate like will and God, but that's because of the unity that He had with Christ that I also had. Mm-hmm. So it was just like continuously blowing my mind. Um, and from yeah, from that conversation, we went from "I love you." I know. I don't remember saying "I know," but he says <laughs> I did. So I believe him. <laughs> Me saying "I know," "I love you too." To them, like, you know, realizing we are just in love with the Jesus in each other. Like, that's what happened here. That's why it was so fast and so easy. I mean, that's why we didn't, we didn't need to date to know that we Mm -hmm. knew what we had in Christ. Um, And I trusted that part of him. I trusted in his freedom. I trusted in the spirit in him. So there was never a question of like, oh no, like, what if he's actually not that good of a guy (laughs) or like, and we didn't even, we didn't have those moments where we had spent time learning if we were compatible or not. Mm -hmm. And so to go from yeah, that's a good point. This is my brother. This is my friend. To what also happened in that conversation was like we're going to be in covenant together one day. Like we left that conversation knowing for sure that we would be married. And so then there was no, there wasn't a certain amount of time. It was like it wasn't like ah, oh, let's not stake you know everything, our mm-hmm. reputation, none of this on that because in a year from now, who knows? Six months from now, who knows? Maybe there's right. a part of you I don't like or appreciate. We never wondered. We never doubted that because the one who told us to turn towards each other, mm-hmm. we trusted him with our entire lives yeah. and what he says goes. So I could then confidently say, you will be my husband. I will be your wife, mm-hmm. even though we had not spent any time dating, flirting, checking our compatibility status, right. like digging into his history. You know, I didn't even really know why he had gotten divorced. Like, I didn't check out any of that because I didn't need to hear that from him. Mm-hmm. I needed to hear that from God. And I had already heard from day one, Will's a good thing. Yeah, and in that moment, he had revealed to the both of us, like, what that actually meant. Yeah. 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 So that compatibility, like, you know, I'm careful with my language now because Holy Spirit's kind of teaching me some things, how I approach this. But, like, at least for us, that compatibility wasn't a thing. Like, for us we didn't establish any part of this thing on compatibility. Yeah. There wasn't like, Oh, we have this in common. It just wasn't built on that. Right. Yeah. Like we have all these things in common and she, like, she gets me or he knows me like, no, like this is how it actually would happen. Like, dude, I would spend like an intimate just time with my father in the secret place. 
and God would so thoroughly love on me. Like I would get wrecked, mm-hmm. like completely wrecked, just in full reckless abandoned worship. And like immediately God would be like, all right, cool. Now go love on Joyce. Mm-hmm. And I would just send her a text and just like, and like with tears just coming from my face, just like, this is how much God loves me. Mm-hmm. And like, and all the affections that he was pouring out on me, he was telling me to pour back out on her. And so I was never pouring from my cup. Like I was never, ever pouring from my own cup and trying to make this thing happen. Like he was su- sustaining me the entire time. Mm-hmm. So anytime that I had just this wellspring of joy, just bubble up, God was like, go love Joyce. Mm-hmm. Like every time it would happen, it was just so beautiful to see. Cause I never felt like I had to push this thing or I had no. to make this thing work. And another thing, this is what like initially this happened in December and, um, I know the crew was going to go out to Santa Rosa in January. Yeah. And this is how the Holy Spirit was just like, this is how much like God was fathering us through this entire thing. Like, because we knew that we were going to be doing this thing, I was so excited to see Joyce, but I didn't know when that was ever going to happen again. I'm still on the East coast. She's still on the West coast, Mm -hmm. but they were like, Hey, listen, we're going to do this thing out in Santa Rosa. Um, if the whole, if the whole crew can make it out, everybody come. And I remember Asking the Holy Spirit about it, I was like, hey, you know, go to Santa Rosa. He was like, no, stay home. And I was like, okay, cool, fine. And so I was like, well, why? <laughs> uh, I'm fine with this, but, but, but why? I want to I see Joyce. And um, I remember God being like, listen, I want you to stay home. It's like, I know you want to see Joyce. You'll see her. But y'all need to be out. She needs to be out there ministering. I don't need y'all two to be a distraction. Hmm. So stay home. So I was like, all right, cool. So, I mean, John hits me up. He's like, yo, dude, you coming to Santa Rosa? I was like, nah, God told me to stay home. He's like, oh, bet. I was like, yeah, man. Uh, you know, Here's the thing, bro. I don't know if you know it, uh, but me and Joyce are kind of a thing right now. He's like, oh, work? Then you should be coming out to Santa Rosa. Like, um, like solidify this thing. I was like, actually, no, God told me to stay home. And so I give John the entire story. He's like, oh, yeah, bet. Yeah, stay home. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, that's how much God fathered us through this entire thing. Like he made sure, like he built in times for us to see each other. He actually was like, all right, Will, it's time for you to go out to California or Mm -hmm. like, like he built in times for us where he made it available for us. And this is the start of Rona. Yeah, it was right before the Rona. It was right before the Rona. Mm -hmm. So it looked like it was impossible for us to see us, see each other. But no, like God completely fathered us through this entire thing. And everything, we weren't about to move outside of his timing at all. So like you said, like everything that we did was very much like we took everything to prayer. We took everything to secret place, like checked in with the spirit. Like, is this what we should be doing? So, yes, coming out to visit me or like my father passed in March. Mm -hmm. So right before that, we had been talking like the spirit had already told him, like, we need to see your dad. We need to see your dad. This is before we knew how bad it was. Um, But we had never felt that peace about like do it now. And so we get this news that my father only has a few weeks left to live, possibly. The Rona hits. I go out to Boston. I spend a whole month with him before he passes. My whole family did. Um, Will was able to fly out and meet my father. And my father prayed over us. And he, you know, shared his testimony with my whole family. And it was a beautiful moment. But, like, even that, like, I know that that was orchestrated, like, by God. Like, my father, and, and even in that moment, my dad was like, you know, he wants his youngest, his baby girl to be okay. Like he knows that he's going to die soon. And he wants 
to make sure that I'm okay. And even in that moment, Will is like, she's going to be okay, but it's not because of me. Like she's going to be okay because she knows that she is in Christ now, but still like, I do love your daughter with a love that I could never manifest on my own. And so that was really special for us. And just every step we took, whether it was getting engaged, you know, which was all spirit. It was just kind of like he told the both of us, like, okay, it's time. Go ahead and get engaged. Um, and it was sweet and it was perfect because it was just Will and I and God. And um, it was just, again, every step we took was moving forward only when we were prompted. Mm-hmm. Um, wedding, setting dates, everything like that. But we just always had, we always had this confidence mm-hmm. that this is exactly what we needed to be doing. And we never moved forward if we didn't have peace about it. But I always knew, um, especially after, because this whole four week thing, we were we were separate. We wouldn't live in the same place. And then he finally came out to see me. And that's what really solidified it for me as far as my understanding of like, wow, God is so good. Mm-hmm. Because like the way that Will looked at me was like, he was looking at me like he knew what I was worth to God. Right. And like, I had never, no one had ever looked at me like that before except my own father. Like my dad looked at me like that. Like, I know what you're worth to God. And once I saw that same look on Will's face, like that was it. And so, um, yeah, from then on, I just, I moved with confidence. We both did at all times, knowing that this was something that God wanted, not for us, but for the world, <laughs> for other people. Yeah. What? No, that's... So um, now that you guys are living in this thing, I know that there's, I feel like this is a stupid question, but what are the differences between your marriage and freedom and what it was like before? Like, I feel like, this is where the the rubber meets the road in freedom in relationships. Yeah. yeah. We can talk this thing and we can use the right language and we could use the right words. But the rubber hits the road in how we treat people and how we treat yeah. people the closest to us. Like that's, <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday. I was like, if the people that, you're around like in your community are seeing your freedom, but your spouse isn't like read, mm-hmm. read it again. Like you might need to go yeah. back and read it again. How is this thing different? Yeah. So um, I, I would just say the biggest thing that's different is I have no expectation of Joyce. I have zero expectation of Joyce. Um, she has no obligation to try to fulfill any part of my happiness, none, like zero obligation. And um, it's so freeing for, for me because I don't have to actually look to her to try to provide anything, anything. She doesn't have to tell me she loves me. She doesn't have to you know, make me a, a nice warm meal, which I love. Like if I had a love language, it would be acts of service, right? <laughs> um, and so the difference is I don't look at Joyce as a thing that even remotely completes me. Hmm. Um, wow. Like, I, I don't want to give her that responsibility, nor do I want to give her that burden. Like, the only person who has the capability 
to approve of me is the one who made me. Mm-hmm. That's the only person who has that right, that authority. The one who actually stitched me in my mother's womb, that guy. So because he already approves of me, I'm not giving that authority to Joyce. And so the difference is she's free to be herself Mm. and I'm free to be me because we are son and daughter. We are brother Mm -hmm. and sister in Christ before we're husband and wife. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's just, that's just Mm. how it rolls out. Like I I get the joy and privilege. I get the joy and privilege to love her. Mercy. That's that's the privilege. And it's a privilege because this is God's. This is his daughter. He's the one that gave me permission to love his daughter and to take care of her. Right? It's a privilege. Mercy. So the difference is I have I have everything that I need in Christ Jesus. And with that, he ain't going to never let me down, period, point blank. He got me through all, he got me through 38 years, getting into 39 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was good. <laughs> um, so I remember I was having this conversation actually at one point, like what's the difference of being married in, in freedom and then not, and there's probably a lot, but one of the things that really had me thinking real hard about was that like so often there, I mean, there are many books out there on how to be a more loving spouse, a kind person. Um, You ask advice from your family and your friends, like things Mm -hmm. get hard. How do I be more loving? How am, how can I be his peace? Right. That's the term that floats around the interwebs. Um, How can I, you know, happy wife, happy life, happy home. Like how do we, how do I do these things? How to become a better version of myself so I can be the wife he needs me to be. And that's what I thought in my first marriage. And that's probably what I would have thought the second time around if I wasn't free. But now I know that like the one who is love lives in me. And I can't really explain it except through my belief and trust in what was accomplished at the cross for me and in me. So for that reason, I now move in love and peace and joy and in gentleness and in self-control. And it's my belief in it that makes it real in my life. Like it's true about me, but because I believe it, that's the only way that I can explain why I no longer attempt to be loving towards him. I never have. Mm -hmm. It's who I am now. And so that shift... Um, I mean, it's huge. It's yeah. just like going into every day, living our lives together, knowing that I don't actually have to try to be loving to my husband. I don't have to try to do, um, I mean, obviously I think about like, what are his favorite things? And like, I want to make his favorite food and, and I want to, you know, there yeah. are things that I, I think about him all the time and I, and I keep his like desires and I consider them all. But again, I, I do those things not in an effort to, it's um, so it's not a performance. It's yeah. not like if I do this, then I am now a loving wife. It's like, no, because I am a loving wife, I do these things. And I am a loving wife because I am loved because I've been loved. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's no longer trying to be these things in your marriage. No, this is who you are. This is what you have. Now just go be like, allow things to be what they are. Go be you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget where this is a very popular verse and I forget where it's at, but it's love covers a multitude of sins. And we're actually like, it's our natural ability to love now. It's unnatural for yeah. us to, to, to go the other way. And so 
and that covers everything like yeah love your wife love your husband like find a couple that can do that and how can they do that because they've been loved and it sounds so simple um but it's true and yeah. mm-hmm. when we weren't loved we weren't loving you know yeah. it, it, it it's we did, we just didn't understand. We were selfish. Yeah, we didn't understand. Yeah. We yeah, didn't understand. were selfish. Like so, I think yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask if someone's listening to this and they're like, "Okay, I'm starting to understand this freedom thing, but my girlfriend or boyfriend doesn't get it or my spouse doesn't get it. Um, how can I this sounds impossible. What would you say to somebody like that?" Like they want the kind of love that they want love. Um, they're starting to figure out that they're loved, but they don't know about their spouse or their significant other. What would you say to that person? Yeah. So, I mean, as you're walking into freedom for whoever's listening and you're starting to understand Christ's love for you, trust that Christ will completely, completely love you in the way that you are needing to be loved in every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I mean, and I, I'm not trying to you know, speak into someone's marriage or relationship as, mm-hmm. as you know, like I'm, I know everything that's happening in your life, but what I do know for certain is when Christ, when the prophecies that were made about Christ, especially about the cross, where it's like by his stripes, we are healed. Not only do I take that to be a physical healing, but I also take that as a spiritual healing. Mm -hmm. I take it as a mental healing and an emotional healing. I believe Christ completely heals so that when it comes to my emotions, I don't have to live at the expense of someone else. I don't have to then actually put all of my, my burdens on them to carry. Like Christ wants my burdens. Mm -hmm. I give it to him. So I don't need Joyce to do anything. So whoever's listening is like, well, I want my significant other to walk into freedom. Okay, cool. You want that. That's fine. This is a a noble thing to want, but more so than anything, love in freedom. Mm -hmm. You love because you are love. Like the God head dwells within you. So then all you have to do is just be you mm-hmm. and go love. And listen, you, you don't have to do tricks and, and tips and, and things to try to get your significant other to walk in this thing. First of all, they're not yours. They're God's. Mm-hmm. They're his. So release them of that responsibility and allow the father to actually father you and walk you through it. And let him just love on you in such a way where you are, that you know you're completely his. That you know that you're completely his. So within a life presses, mm-hmm. you're not responding to life. Yeah. You're responding to the reality of what you've received through your big brother, Jesus Christ. And your father has handed to you through the Holy Spirit. Wow. And love. Yeah. Just, just mm-hmm. love. I don't know what you're going to say. Babe. No, no, I, I don't have anything to add to that. That was, that was perfect. Okay. So 
you've heard the there's two sides to every story and i've heard both of your stories and what i haven't heard obviously is your your ex-husband or your ex-wife's part of the story but what i've heard from you is i didn't understand and so i was okay this self-centered it's just your life was centered on the lack in your life and so self-centered mm-hmm. um if you would have understood what you understand now, um, and I asked you this before, so I, I feel comfortable asking you, would, what would have been different in your previous relationships? Do you think it, you think? So yeah, you, uh, I mean, now you asked me this before the wedding. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you asked me. Right? What did I say? Because I, I, I mean, your question was. I worded it better then. What did I say? Well, well, no, I mean, the question was actually a little bit more intense. It was yeah, like, it if, was. You, if you knew what you knew now, if you knew then what you knew now, would you have been divorced? And what did we both say? No. no. <laughs> we would have still been married. We still would have been married. spouses, yeah. And, you know, Rich's fame was like, mercy. Like, 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 that's just... <laughs> and But here's the thing, though. Like, when you are walking in freedom and you know who who you are and whose you are, then whatever the other person is, isn't then, I, I don't know, it isn't an example of your relationship or them to you. Like it, it isn't, that doesn't make the thing. Like yeah. it doesn't even make the marriage. Like if the marriage is going well or going completely wrong, that doesn't make the marriage. You know what makes the marriage? is two complete people in Christ who know their worth and value from him to you mm-hmm. and you find your complete love in him. And even if the other person doesn't have this, this is where Paul was getting at when he's over in, in Corinthians, I think it's in Corinthians or whenever he, but it, he was like, listen, love, love them. You make them holy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you make them holy through your love, love. So even if, I don't get an I love you back, even if I don't get another cooked meal. Fine. Mm. I got loved by my daddy. I got loved. And if I would have known that, I would not have kept record of wrong. I wouldn't have been the person that would have been shutting down and not responding in arguments. I wouldn't have Mm. I wouldn't have been that person. Mercy. Because that would not have been my character. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible we still would have gotten divorced. But I knew I, if I would have lived in freedom, mm. if I would have lived in the true identity of who I was in Christ Jesus. Yeah, those percentages go way down. Yeah, for sure. Way down. Yeah. Yeah, if, if I didn't allow moments of distress to mean as much as they meant to me in those moments, I would have never gotten to a moment of desperation like that. Cause I would have been again, like, even if I, even if the enemy was hitting me with lies about you are not worthy of love, who you are and of yourself, no one could desire you. Why would they? I would know that that was a lie mm-hmm. because I had been chosen by my father. And so I wouldn't be inclined to then seek that affection or affirmation from anyone else, even if it meant that I, you know, I wasn't going to get it from my husband. And it's not to say that those, if someone is in a situation like that, that it's not tough, it is tough because 
you don't want to go into a covenant relationship with someone and then not, you know, have love and peace and um, joy and health and, you know, all the things that are blessings that we enjoy. It's hard Mm -hmm. when there's a lack of intimacy and it's hard when tough things happen in life and it pulls and strains at the relationship and at the marriage. But the, the toughness, knowing that God sits in that with you mm-hmm. and knowing that even everything that you're feeling is not Lord of your life, but Jesus is. And knowing that because you don't find your value in the other person that you can make it through your day without falling apart, like that changes everything. It doesn't remove the fact that it can be painful right. and really hard when you're in a relationship and you might be free and your and your person is not free, or maybe just life and marriage just got hard for whatever reason. Um, it's still tough. But what it does mean is that in those tough moments, like you have a redeemer, mm-hmm. you have an advocate, you have um, a very personal God who sits with you in those moments. And because of who he has identified you as, you can then make it into that next breath and you can make it to that next moment and that next day, knowing that you are going to be okay. So that's one of the biggest differences. Yeah. And I'm going to qualify that by just making sure like I'm going to make I mean, what we're saying is people, this is y'all walking in freedom. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're walking in freedom and you've received like who you are in Christ Jesus, um, like, like some people may hear what we're saying and be like, okay, yeah, y'all sound crazy. And like maybe a year ago, if I would have heard this podcast, I'm like, yeah. yo, y'all sound crazy. Yeah. But that would, that was me not walking in the truth of who I was in Christ Jesus. So, let Jesus love on you. Let him actually love on you and let him actually show you what it means to be completely filled by him and that he is not the one that's going to ever break your heart and let you down. Like he will sit with you through the dark mm-hmm. because here's the fun fact. When Jesus show up, the dark can't stand. Yeah. No. So, this last weekend, and I'll try to wrap it up here, but this last weekend, uh, I was talking with Morgan about weddings. And Morgan was <laughs> like, she was like, I think that weddings are a bride's way to show people that she knows how to plan. And like the culture of weddings <laughs> like, to show that she has her stuff together or that she has really good taste. And she's like, if I could go back, I would do my wedding completely different and i was in their wedding i was like your wedding was the bomb like it was so much fun (laughs) i had a great great time um and but she's like man i I would do so i would just it would just be so different Mm -hmm. and probably not probably the dopest wedding i've ever been to was y'all's wedding I met both of you (laughs) the day before. And the reason is because it was about, it it was about y'all at at the same time. It wasn't really about you guys. It wasn't, no. And so go into uh, your mindset as you planned your wedding and that weekend. Yeah, so we... (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing because the mindset... uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh-huh. First of all, it's it's mid Rona, y'all. Okay, is this mid-rona. is this is mid Rona. So I don't know what the mind. <laughs> I'm laughing. We were just doing what we were told. Yep. I mean, everything was changing. Like we knew that you know the, the things that were being allowed as far as 
guest. Yeah, getting together in groups of people was changing. Mask requirements were changing. Everything was changing, right? So there was that. But again, we weren't super concerned with that because from the get, we there were things, I probably still have it on my phone somewhere, but like Spirit had told me one time in Secret Place, like this is what the wedding is going to be about. Mm-hmm. It's going to be about the gospel. It's going to be about freedom. It's going to be about people knowing who they are in Christ. Yep. Boom. Like if those things happen, it went exactly according to plan. Mm-hmm. So not, it could, everything else could happen or could go wrong under the sun. But if those things are highlighted, if if Christ has the floor and the platform, this is exactly like, this is what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And so going into it, we had that in mind. So even as we're having to cut the wedding guest list down, literally two weeks before the wedding, uninviting people still, uh-huh. um, because we couldn't oh. we couldn't have more than, I think, 50 at the time. Thanks yep. for not uninviting. So we started with something like 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Yeah, no, we had to uninvite some people. I think Will did text like, <laughs> trying to be like, oh, did you still get that play ticket? I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, okay, so fine. <laughs> <laughs> I hit Richard up. I was like, "Yo, Rich, uh, you still coming, bro?" But no. Oh, but then, like, you know, some of the school. <laughs> we just had to make sure that, like, if you were still coming, right. then, like, we right. Right. because right. what ended up happening, it was it kind of reminded me of that story in the Bible about like the king <laughs> who invited people to his wedding or to the banquet, and the people were like, "Nah, I'm not coming." And he was like, "Go into the highways and byways and invite right. everyone." That's what it started to feel at the end. Like, we ended up inviting people that I barely knew, like mm-hmm. the owner of the gym that I was training at while when I first moved here, she was awesome and lovely and she came with her daughter. But it was one of those things like even our friends who had very valid reasons, like our closest friends could not come to the yeah. wedding. Some of our yeah. best friends could not come to the wedding mm-hmm. because of COVID. Right. And you know all Morgan. All kinds of things. And so it didn't end up being like an invite, like fill in the we already paid for 50, fill in the 50, invite everyone. But I loved that because yeah. even in those moments, we were doing that because Spirit was like, invite that person. Invite that oh, person. I barely know them. Invite, invite that, that person. person. <laughs> um, they need to be there. There's something they need to hear there. And so every step we made, even to choosing, you know, the venue, it was because we knew that the woman who owned the venue, like we wanted her to, I didn't even know, honestly, we didn't even know what we wanted her to see. We just knew that God was like, that's the one. Yep. So like, okay, cool. So she's yeah. going to be there for this. Um, Dude, like, a quick story about the venue because you got to get out of this podcast. But no, the venue was so, that was a, a God thing as well. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, like we were still looking for venues. And then she, Joyce, had emailed a couple of people before. And mm-hmm. um, this was one of the first things that she actually saw. But like, I guess hadn't heard anything back. And so... We're putting out feelers on Instagram and on on Facebook. We're like, hey, if you know of a place to you know to get um, married at, let us know. And it just so happened that our uh, photographer who took our engagement photos was like, hey, let me reach out and see what I know. And the venue actually reached back out to our photographer and was like, hey, um, there's a place here. You know, tell your person that they can do it at our place. And this was the exact place that she saw first. Oh wow! And and I was like, God, what do you want us to go get? Oh, okay, that's the place, God. That's, that's clearly the place. Because I, I don't even remember how you even found that place. It was just a whole... It was like multiple people confirming it. It was one of right. those things where like God had already shown me, mm-hmm. but like I didn't know it. And then it came back again like three times. And I was like, like okay, I, yeah, that's the one. I found it like two weeks later. I was like, hey, babe, what do you think about this place? Yeah. She's like, wait. Oh, I already saw that one. Right. And then like the photographer said it. And then somebody else reached out. So it was a whole list of things. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it was just all... It was all intentional. We just didn't always know, know the it, reasons right? behind it. But we just knew like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And what was so really cool about it was like, so... <laughs> um, so I was having moments sometimes of like, 
I'm older now. I'm wiser now. Like, I know this wedding isn't really about us, but like, I'm still choosing things intentionally because like, I want it to be, you know, beautiful and nice. I want people to enjoy themselves. Right. But the whole time I'm just like, um, again, it's not about us, whatever. Like God is settling me on, like, no matter what happens, you're, you guys are good because I will Mm -hmm. be glorified right through your relationship. And so I don't know what went wrong with my research, but I'm thinking by October, hurricane season is over over here and it's not right anymore. I was wrong. So <laughs> skies are looking clear up until like two, three days before the wedding. And then I get an email from our wedding venue and she's like, yeah, so it's going to rain hard on your wedding day and your wedding is outdoors and y'all don't have a tent. Mm-mm. So you need to figure that out ASAP. And I'm sitting there like, I could cry right now about this. <laughs> like I could freak out as a bride. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, like the rain yeah. is not gonna stop this train. Oh, that like, rhymes. Like, <laughs> no, literally a week before the wedding, we're looking at the the calendar. I'm like, okay, yeah, that, no scheduled rain in sight. Like, clear as day. Like zero percent chance of rain. Zero percent chance of rain. You get to Friday, it's like, oh, 100 percent chance of rain. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> like, but and even on the day of my wedding coordinator is walking in like it looks like it's gonna clear up, Joyce. So I'm like, all right, cool. Up until a couple hours before, and she's like, yeah, it's not gonna clear up. Yeah. We gotta be underneath the tent here, and it's not what I had wanted. You know, I wanted this like open air situation, <laughs> the twilights and things like that. And then every time I had that moment where I was like, oh man, it's raining. It was just like. Now we're good. Like everything that we set out, like everything that was supposed to happen is happening. Yeah. Like the people that are here, the ones that need to be here, the gospel will be preached and it will go out to these folk. This is what we're here to do. So Jonathan took a so, shower. I mean, yeah. Jonathan, yeah. our officiant, he was soaked. soaked. We were all wet. There were creatures in my dress. Like we thought lizards and moths in my dress by the end of the night. Like we were incredibly oh. wet and it was not what we set out for it to be, but it didn't matter. Right. Like, and that was a cool confirmation for me because old Joyce would have mm-hmm. hated it. Right. Old Joyce would have been mad at God. I would have been mad at everybody. I would have been like, how dare you like, <laughs> do this on my wedding day? Well, I have um, my Bible back here. And it's the Bible uh-huh. that Jonathan used at the wedding. And he dropped yeah. it in oh, no, the it mud. Was yours? Yeah, he dropped it in the mud. Oh. And it's got all of this dirt on it. But I love it more <laughs> because of that, because it's like, oh, this was like, it just is it's kind of, I, maybe that's corny, but it means something special to me because no, I love that. Like, it dope. was, it was gospel. Like the song you walked in, what, what the name of it is. Nobody ever, uh, no one ever cared for me. Like Jesus. no one ever cared for me. Like Jesus. Like you started walking in, all of us were just, well, first of all, Will was freaking out like at like the wedding started at like four and it's like 359 he doesn't have his socks on i'm like bro like (laughs) and then um it it, it did start a little later which was totally cool but the rain needed to calm a little bit and then your wedding started and it was just a party of the gospel and i was at another wedding and a a homeboy of mine came up to me and he's like uh this wedding's gonna be really tight but it's not going to be as crazy as the one that you were at. at that, and I'm just like, oh, man, don't worry about it. And my mind, I was like, yeah, that moment it on the gospel. And yeah, we just, how long were we there? We party for like five hours and it was just like, everyone was yeah. crying. Everyone was singing. Um, I've never yeah. jammed out at a wedding like that singing praise song. Mm. Like, yeah. like everyone, I don't know. It's just one of the, mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful beautiful moment it was a vibe i just loved it and so uh, yeah so i saw the holy spirit planet he yeah. was like it's gonna be a worship service and he gave me all the songs yeah and so 
I and was nobody like, got COVID, hey, right? Co- <laughs> you said what? what? Did anybody get COVID? No, no. not that we know. <laughs> like not, they were free to wear masks or not wear masks because in Florida it wasn't a rule. Yeah, no one. So we didn't like mandate it, but no, everybody yeah, was healthy. And like, nobody from got what, COVID. From what I understand, everybody was completely healthy yeah, going back home, and so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. The rain just became a part of the wedding. Yeah, it's that's almost cool. like like it wouldn't have been the same wedding if it hadn't rained. Right. Like it would have been not as cool. Yeah, your wedding would have been like, rain oh, if it hadn't rained. So I don't know. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> well, is there is there anything you want to leave anybody with, or just a just I don't know a thought or uh, people dating you first wife? Yeah. Talk to the the people dating or the people that are married. Talk to the married folk and the dating folk before we leave. I'm going to let you talk to the married folk and then I'll talk to the dating folk. I was hoping we would switch. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I'll go back to what I wrote in the the Will's Desires note Mm -hmm. that Spirit gave me. You know, sometimes plans work and sometimes they don't. But choosing to love always works. Um, you don't have to try to be something you're not within your relationship to make it work. You be what you were created for. And that is to be a multiplier of God's love throughout this whole world and to testify of his goodness and your belief in Jesus will do amazing, great things beyond um, which you might have imagined. So well, that is that is how we live in our marriage, and yeah. that would be yeah, it's definitely my hope for everyone in their marriages as well. Yeah, and then for someone who's dating, I'm usually more stern in person, mm-hmm. um, but I'll go I'll go kid gloves on this part. But um, I would just simply say that don't ever give someone the authority to approve over you, especially since they did not create you. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, as you put yourself out there and you're you're maybe looking for acceptance and approval or you're looking for this relationship to, to work, they didn't create you. Mercy. Um, they didn't make you. They don't know you like your father knows you. So, um, yeah, don't put yourself in that situation to have somebody else to approve of you because you've already been approved by God. So much so that God was like, you're so precious to me. I'm going to empty out all of heaven mm. to show you how precious you are to me. Yeah. So um, if you are, are are dating and you know, you're out there, you're, you're looking, spend the time with God first, let him love on you. Mm-hmm. Let, let him show you how much you're worth to him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you're approved by God, then you don't need anybody else's approval. Mercy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to play your guys's vows. Uh, right after this, because uh, they speak for themselves. Those vows were crazy and uh, they're just spirit filled. So, um, but thank you guys for coming on. Um, this is a, this is a huge blessing to me and I know it's going to bless other people. So thank you so much. Thank you for Love having y'all. us. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Love, Love you here. too. Well, my good and perfect thing. My exceedingly and abundantly above all I could have ever asked for or thought of. Our lives are a miracle. Jesus brought us from death to life, gave us victory over sin and healing for our souls. If he never did anything else ever again for us, he would still be good always. Wow. But yeah. then he did this. He showed me you. Wow. 
A man who has the heart of the Father with whom I share a singleness of heart. My love for you is not fragile. No risk with you. We've been perfected in love, so there's no fear. I trust you because I trust him. My love for you starts with God loving me first, and his love is better than life itself. All of my affections were turned towards him, my heart completely satisfied in Jesus, and I knew I had everything I need with him, and then when he thought it was good, he turned my attention and my heart to you, and said, look at Will, my son, he's a good thing, he's your good thing, and from the overflow of the love he gives to me, I get to love you, and Lola and Cullen, something that couldn't possibly ever run out. Your actions will never make me question if I'm loved. I've already been loved. I'm not living from a cup that you or this world has filled. I'm living from the overflow of what only my father can give. From the beginning, it felt nearly impossible to separate you and God in my mind. When you speak life to me and remind me of what I have in Christ Jesus, the words are coming from your lips, but I'm hearing the father speak to me. When you love on me, it's my father loving on me. Coming into this covenant speaks the truth that God sees us. He's always seen us. And when I'm seen by you, it reminds me of how intimately I'm known by my Father. Any moment I admire you, your intellect, your kind words like honey, your tenderness, your strength, the spirit in you, your gorgeous face, I know I'm only smitten over your belovedness. It wrecks me how loved you are by God. You will never have to prove or earn anything with me. You've been perfectly created, and I thank God for how he's stitched you together. There is no flaw in you, and my passion for you is awakened as I see evidence of the Spirit in you. Babe, Christ in you is our chemistry. Our intimacy points to the deep, infinitely fulfilling union we have with Christ. The glory of every good thing in you and every blissful moment we share points to the glory of God and how he makes all things beautiful. And I can't help but be grateful to our Creator every single time. Every sweet moment points to Him. Maybe you move differently. You move as an image bearer and complete obedience. Most importantly, you move in love. Every day, you rise up in full faith and confidence of what you have and who you are. You saw me as a daughter first, a sister second, and now a wife, and you will always see me as all three. The first time I told my dad about you, I said, you're going to love him, Dad. He loves me how God does, sees me how God sees me. And Dad is how you love him and how you see me, too. And I'm so glad you were able to meet him before he passed and that he could pray over us and pray over this. I know he would have loved to be here, and I know he loved you because he saw that you loved me how God did. I will always see you through the eyes of the God of the universe. I will always see you as a son, complete, righteous, one with him in the spirit, holy, blameless, shameless, the object of his love, fully pleasing, seated with him, and having the resurrection power living inside of you. This is who we are as we walk out the finished work of Christ in our lives. My heart has been completely captured by Lola and Cullen. I'm just as grateful for them as I am for you. How I could have known that I'd be blessed with two little to love. Um, and I do love them so much with everything I didn't even know I had. I would give anything for them and do anything for them. Even give my life. We live in abundance always, babe. Lacking no good thing. And Jesus is the best thing. All of his promises are yes and amen. amen. We may... 
our whole lives about him, defined by knowing him. God will be our portion, he'll always be enough, and his grace is sufficient for it all. Um, oh, I got it. I had trouble here writing. Our secret to always having it all is believing we already do, okay? wow. by faith in Jesus. I'm obsessively grateful that we get to believe good together. That God performed the miracle of a transformed heart in us both. So that when others see us, they see the cross and they see their value. I'm grateful to get to tell other people about this good gospel and how sweet it is. And that God hooked it up for his glory and the good of others. He does all things well. Your heart is so good. Thank you for honoring me 
But most of all, thank you for loving him the same way that he loves you. So that his heart is in you. Stay alive, ay, 